Hey y'all, welcome back to Zora's Daughters, the podcast where we tackle topics of interest to black folks through the lens of academic scholarship and colorful insight. I'm Brendan and I use she, her, hers pronouns. Hi everyone, this is Alyssa and I use she, her, hers pronouns as well. Today we are talking about being tired. Tired, tired, exhausted. Tired, Um, being tired. Le burnt out. Being, <laughs> being over, just being over it. Mm-hmm. It's we're we're over it. It's it's above us, you know, all of that, and all of that. So it's just what's happening with us is that there's simultaneously so much to talk about, but nothing that we haven't already said in previous episodes. So today is going to just be a moment to hold space be in community with each other and you all and really just rant about what in the world is going on Hmm. that's it so there's no word this week there's no reading it's just going to be brendan and Alyssa unfiltered unfiltered Mm. (laughs) be scared y'all be scared no kidding i mean we don't know what's gonna happen this is all (laughs) we don't really have a script we don't really Mm -mm. you know We'll see what happens. Just us chatting. Um, But before we get there, we just want to say thank you to the people who have been supporting us. Whether you've been a day one, you've been hanging out with us since uh, 2020, or this episode is your first one. If you're listening, we are just so incredibly grateful. And if you're a new listener on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, because yes, Spotify has ratings now, right? Please Mm -hmm. leave us a five-star rating and review. We love reading y'all's reviews in our free time, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) It really does keep us going. And we'd like to thank our patrons, our PayPal donors, our communities on social media. Like y'all really do keep us up and running, even on the moments where we feel exhausted. It's it's nice to know that we have a community. Um, And if you would like to become a patron where you can access the ZD conversations. We have recordings of our talks. You can join at a level to get a book of the semester. And this semester, the book is really cool. Or if you just want to invite to our semesterly hangouts, head to patreon.com slash Zora's Daughters. Yes, definitely. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us on this journey that Mm -hmm. we have been on and plan to continue. So there once was a time where we actually used to do updates every episode. I know, I know. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day, we had we had updates, and then we played our little game. Uh, was it defund, reform, abolish? Yep. <laughs> Which has so. now moved into classrooms. Yeah, really? People are doing it in the classroom. Yeah. Um, Lee Baker said he does it in some of his classrooms. They'll Aww. do the defund, reform, abolish. Yay! <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't mind me telling people that, but I love that. That actually really warmed my heart so much uh, to hear. So I was like, oh, cool. We have not played that game in a while. I know. And Maybe. we're not going to start it again today, no. We're not going <laughs> to start it again are, today. I was like, dang! <laughs> we are going to do an update. We are going to do an update because I don't know why we stopped doing it. I think we were like, let's just privilege the, the content and maybe people mm. don't really care that much about <laughs> about what we did on the weekend (laughs) i know 
what what is the weekend what do you do on those so um, what did you do this weekend what do you have any updates oh. for us yeah let's see this weekend um better yet what were you doing sat- today <laughs> why today, are we recording you know, this two hours later <laughs> two hours do. late because <laughs> look it's been a long road so my friend mayada came into town in dc she claims that she forgot that dc and baltimore are not that far from each other so i didn't know until like yesterday or something day before yesterday that she was even going to be here and we decided we're going to go to the museum the black museum i don't know the real official name y'all but we went there took us an hour to find parking because dc is the worst city in the world and it was cool um the museum was cool I think the Breonna Taylor exhibit is definitely hmm. something that will I'm going to have to write in my field notes journal about. Um, and while I was there, yeah. it was so interesting. Someone actually walked into the exhibit and said, who is this? <gasps> hmm. Who is this? Um, even though it says her name everywhere. And so, you know, it it really speaks volumes, I think, about how people just assume that people care about black women. Mm. Uh, But that is definitely not the case. Uh, But it was a really, uh, I guess I'll use the word beautiful for now. I I have some conflicting feelings about it. And part of the reason why I'm so attached to Breonna Taylor is because she's only five days older than me. Mm. And just the, she was the oldest daughter. She was like, a caretaker in her family and um, to know that she was just starting really to have a life of her own when it was taken from her. Mm. Something that really strikes me. Um, but yeah, that's what I did today. Was that, was that your first time? It was my first time going. It was, I've never been able to get a ticket <laughs> to mm-hmm. go. And so it was my first time going. Yesterday... I stayed in the bed basically all day because Saturday I was out and about my friend had like a, um, a themed party Mm. and she and her partner had a themed party and there was definitely a lot more white people there than I expected. (laughs) Um, so my energy was feeling real low (laughs) afterwards, but, um, during it was fun. We did some karaoke and whenever I go to do karaoke, somehow someone always keeps handing me the mic. And I'm like, yo, it's not about me singing. It's about everybody enjoying it. But Okay, but y'all, always... just, just so you know, Brendan can sing. <laughs> like, do you hear how rich her voice is on this podcast? I Brendan can sing. Can sing. <laughs> um, not today, though, because I definitely was singing karaoke and having my margaritas, and it's not a good combination. <laughs> singing and alcohol is not a good combination, so now my voice is uh, suffering from that, but that was fun. Um, my my little boo thing went with me, <laughs> and so that was like our first outing as a couple around other people. So, so you was... so you hard launched. This was, this was the hard launch. Hard launch. <laughs> I yeah, and it was it was definitely an experience, um, a good one. But it was like oh, like 
oh, this is what it's like to be with somebody who likes me and I'm out of, you know, but that's for another podcast, not for this one. And yeah, so that was Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. Saturday, Friday, didn't do nothing. I spent most of my days in the house Mm -hmm. by my, not by myself, but that sounds so (laughs) sad, but like I, you know, it's my first grown lady apartment. Spent most of my days in the house trying to avoid the vid. Um, it is so cold in my apartment that I actually purchased a space heater because I can't do this anymore. I need, um, what do they say? I need spring to wake up or what did, What do they say? You need a spring Stand awakening. Stand up. That's not what it is. Stand up. That, <laughs> that meme of that woman being like, yo, weak in the knees, like. Spring, summer, week in the knees. I need you to stand up. It's cold. It's so cold. Um, Be careful with that space heater. You know, yeah. keep, it, keep it away from anything that's flammable. Mm. Don't leave it on while you're sleeping and all that, you know. Oh, that was exactly my point. No, practice, practice safety. <laughs> practice safety. Uh... I know, at least you're, I, I am glad that you are in a nicer apartment now, so I'm assuming that it doesn't have any faulty wiring or anything like that, but of course I don't, I don't want to, you know, hear any bad news about you in a, in a space heater, so. Yeah, the But that's just, that's nope. just the mama in me being a worrier, so. No, no worries, I appreciate it. <laughs> that would just be such a. Such a f- sad way to go out. Like. <laughs> yeah, I'm tur- the, the way I'm turning into my mother. That was just, I just reminded myself <laughs> of my mom right there. Like, that is 100% her. I'm like, oh, I'm going on a hike. And she'll be like, oh, just make sure it's not anywhere where there's no cell service because you could fall down a ditch and nobody would be able to find you for a day. Like, she'll just come up with, <laughs> with these yeah. scenarios about about crazy things that could happen to me. But also my that are very plausible. So then it really freaks you out, right? Because you're like, it's it's possible. Mm, this could definitely happen. No, my but. grandma does the same thing. <laughs> and I told her, like, I go on walks around the neighborhood. And I was like, you know, kind of how, like, you used to go on walks and take us. And she was like, well, whenever you go on a walk, make sure you take your cell phone with you. Don't leave your cell phone at home because then if something happened, you're not going to be able to call for help. And I'm sitting here like, ma'am, <laughs> no. Nobody in the year 2022 leaves their cell phone at home <laughs> on purpose. Like, but in her mind, you know, she's always like, she's a Virgo. She's definitely a worrier. Um, and her anxiety comes out in like trying to make sure that you're safe. Like that is her bit. Oh my gosh. She's mm. always like, are you safe? Are you safe? She prefers to know that I know someone in the area. So <laughs> even if she's like, no, your cousin's husband's sister's daughter has a has a child in the area. You should get to know them so you have some family. I'm like, Grandma, is that how people used to do it in South Carolina back in the day? Like- I'm sure. When they when they were all coming up during the Great Migration, I'm sure that's what they were all doing. They were like, Don't worry, your auntie's got a cousin. That's her sister's brother's husband. not husband, not sister's brother's husband, not whatever. Wife <laughs> whose nephew lives up in New York. So, you know, here's here's their address. Just go reach out to them and just let them know mm-hmm. that you're so-and-so's niece's cousin's whatever. I, co- I totally lost your train of where I was like, going. like, I'm on my way. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I guess that um, was the way. What is... What's up with you? What's up How with you doing? Me? 
Well, I think Why I told so folks that my that my boo thing um, was here visiting in Martinique for a month. So boo thing left last week. So my weekend was Tears. quite uneventful. I just went to the beach, relaxed, mm. you know. Um, my mm. research is taking off finally. I think I have yes. just about everything in place. I also got funding finally. What a Her. very insecure 12 months I've had post finishing my, um, basically since advancing to candidacy. Mm. And it has um, been 12 months. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's been a very uncertain. Uh, 12 months but now things are definitely taking off ready I'm going to finish up this field work and I'll be back in in New York in the new year at which point I will be deep diving into one of the industrial complexes that we talked mm -hmm. about last week or last episode which is the wedding industrial complex because Boo Thang is now fiance Thang because he proposed while he, while he was here so I'm engaged, lots of, yeah, it was very exciting. Apparently that's my, apparently it's my signature is the, the, the guns, guns in the air. Oh, I you know it's just like the little cloud nine moment and yes, even though he's gone it's so still exciting. just exciting to be you know thinking about wedding things and it gives you something nice to um to focus on versus what the hell is happening in the world but Yo, one real. of one of my friends here put it a really good way because she low-key no she high-key wants her boyfriend to propose that said they've been together for 20 years so <laughs> since they were in high school they were in high school um she wants him to propose and she she was there when we were telling his family on zoom and she was like you see do you want do you want it's not just making one person happy you're making a whole family happy do you see how happy everyone is for him for for them so um that is kind of what it feels like it feels nice that everyone was so excited for us and um to feel all the love yeah coming from all I, directions i'm looking forward to the outfit that's what i'm <laughs> that's what i always be thinking about like what what are we wearing where are what we gonna are be we how do you Yo. feel about mustard how do you feel about burnt orange i love mustard i'm a Excellent. bad bitch in mustard <laughs> burnt orange i'm not sure what i look like in that but i can make it work you know isn't that the color you were that's basically the color you were wearing during our little baddie photo shoot at the triple a's for when we went out for dinner Oh, yeah. Oh, then. It's basically yeah. that color. I mean, it's like a terracotta burnt orange kind of vibe. Mm. But anyway. Well, Anyhow. As long as, <laughs> as long as it's short. As long as it's a short dress, I can do it. <laughs> or a maxi one. I can't really do the mid-length. Mid-length doesn't okay. work the same. Okay. On my little legs. Fair enough. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're thinking if fall, you so you're probably going to want to do the maxi length situation. Per. And I'm not saying I want to be in it. I just want to make that clear. Like, just in case you were like, ooh, I don't know. You know, I know people get weird about the bridesmaids thing. I am happy as a guest, however you want me to do, behind the scenes. I'm cool or whatever. You know, you're, you, so. you're, you know you're on the list. Just chill. 
It's fine. <laughs> oh, look, my sister on the said list. I'm not on her bridesmaids list, and I'm fine. I was fine Savage. with it. So. You've been on the list, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, if y'all want to throw, no, I'm, I was gonna, I was gonna do the throw me some coin thing. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, we, we, we've been meeting with, like we started meeting else. with wedding planners today, and who, uh, the sticker, the sticker shock. Like my, one of the wedding planners told me a price, and my soul left my body. Like you could see it behind my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I just want to know, can y'all tell me why do weddings cost so much money? Like, I just, I just want to know it's, why it's does the it industrial cost complex. So and okay, the, the thing that I've been noticing when I've been looking at different venues and some of the wedding planners and stuff, they don't say like, here are our rates. Here's how much people spend. They say our typical bride or our typical couple makes a wedding investment of 60,000 or whatever like that's a minimum. So there's been this shift in language from from spending or whatever to investment. And I'm like, mm. but an investment usually has a return. a return. And considering that the amount of money I spend on a wedding has no correlation with how successful the marriage is, what exactly is the return that I'm having here? What is the what is the return on this investment? The pictures? Well, yeah, I guess. The men's. The, <laughs> the memories. Uh, um, the only, honestly, if I spent that much on a wedding, the, <laughs> the only thing I would remember was how much I spent. <laughs> that would be the only memory. I'd be like, yeah, those flowers in that pic dollars. look nice, but they cost $250. $250 at the bottom of all the pictures the price of everything in the photo it would be like those like old MasterCard nice commercials <laughs> where the prices flash by on the screen that's the wedding video <laughs> this dress was $15,000 I just ugh. I mean look if, I someone, mean, if someone out there is listening and y'all want to give me the money plus a house um, then I'll spend it but <laughs> But otherwise, mm-hmm. I said, I was saying to, to Boo Thang, to Fiance Thang today, I was like, even if somebody came and gave us the money and was like, here, have it, spend it on the wedding, I would be like, but we need a place to live. Like, considering how uncertain the world is right now, it would be nice to have something that is ours. So they would have to be like, here's a house plus the money for your wedding for me to even fathom spending that much but not no no tea no shade to anybody who has if that is your dream if that's what you wanted i am in support of that it is just not right for me it's not right for me either but you know i'm not getting married no time, so. it's perfectly okay it's perfectly okay Anyhow, we I, I could talk about this all day. So we are just going to move on to one of the things that we of course have to talk about this week, which is yes, of course the Supreme Court leak, the documents indicating that Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. It has caused a shitstorm this mm-hmm. week. And I'm gonna let you start because I just don't even know where to start. Um, yes, so Roe v. Wade 
Supreme Court case that guaranteed a right to privacy. Um, and that is very important for if you choose to terminate a pregnancy for any reason. Reason as simple as you want to, to it could be life-threatening, right? Um, is now, we all know that that was uh, going to happen, I think. It was inevitable. If you follow people who are really into reproductive justice work, um, black women especially have been ringing the alarm for years, especially, I would say, since Obama's second term. Mm. when people started noticing this kind of uptick in gerrymandering and all of the white supremacist practices around voting that were happening, right? So, like, the failure to ratify Voting Rights Act, et cetera, et cetera. And they were like, oh, y'all, guys, by the way, you know, if conservatives, whatever, get in charge, they're going to take away people's ability to um, control when they give birth. And so this, um, I would say this for me is, it was scary at first. Um, and then I was like, wait a minute, why not think about this differently? Why not Mm. think about it as an opportunity versus a loss? Because also thinking as someone, as a black person with a uterus, um, my reproductive shit was never really under my control to begin with, right? Like the, mm. the, the reproductive justice movement is for niggas like me, right? And so what does it mean now to to see it so like flagrant, so out there that yes, they are trying to take our rights away from us. They're trying to put everybody back into the bondage of slavery, Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was bondage for for white women as well. Um, and I actually, I actually had a conversation with one of my friends about it on IG. And she was just like, no, this is all about controlling um, white women's fertility because they want them to basically birth, continue birthing the race because mm-hmm. the birth rate, um, now the birth rate for white folks is below their death rate. Mm. Which is one of the reasons why they are getting rid of Roe versus Wade. And it's because really the majority of people who access abortions in this country in particular are white people with uteruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're trying to make sure that they continue to birth white people because nobody else can birth a white person but a white person. Um. so we were just going back and forth about that and how you know it's like you know it's not just something that affects black people it affects everybody and it just really makes me think about how the Kambahi River Collective was always right but Mm. folks don't want to believe it right like if the shit impacts black women it's going to come to you sooner or later so you Mm. best get ready best be on our side best fight for us but folks Violence is something that we're supposed to experience. So folks don't jump up. They don't get ready. So they don't they don't stay ready. So they don't have to get ready. So then we end up in messes like this. But yeah. Messes like this yeah. where I think one of the things that has also led to this is a, is a kind of apathy. Mm-hmm. Where people have been like, well, this isn't going to affect me. Mm-hmm. So 
it's okay. I like, I live in New York, so you know I'm always gonna have access to this. I'm always gonna have access to that. Meanwhile, conservatives, Republicans, they've been organizing for decades, decades. for decades. decades. This like decades. You have to think that <laughs> that after this past, the whole idea of being anti-abortion, all of this seemed to be like a fringe movement. A fringe movement. People who are they're like, oh no, y'all y'all are crazy. Like anyone who thinks that way, that's it's never it's never gonna happen. So there's been this like attitude where people have just been kind of like, well, it's, it it can never happen. It can never happen. And then on the one hand, it's like first of all, this is this has already happened. Mm-hmm. It is already happening. I mean, mm-hmm. just was it two years ago or three years ago? They just. They were still finding out in Canada that that the state was sterilizing Indigenous women, like three three years ago. So that kind of like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to affect me. Is part of the reason that we are in this situation mm-hmm. today. But of course, the way that you've reframed it is uh, is an empowering one, right? Yeah. And I, I'd love to hear you speak on it a little bit more because you, your tweet, like, I was like, you know, this Brendan. <laughs> There's some hope out here. Yeah, I I was like, you know, I can see this as an opportunity because, what did I say? I said something along the lines of, have have we ever considered the fact that perhaps this is the future or the unraveling of the u.s right that our ancestors have prayed for and it really just hit me i was like wait did i think that they was just gonna legislate us free did i fall Mm. into the the black liberal trap of believing (laughs) in the state as something that's actually going to not oppress me um and so i guess i'll let this secret out the bag i'm not a communist y'all i'm not a communist i'm not a socialist I actually think that the state should not exist. Um, Communism and socialism expands the power of the state. Uh, So I don't, I don't believe that the state should exist. There, there are labels for that that I won't discuss in this because I don't want to be associated with um, the white people who believe that. (laughs) So I'll just say I don't believe in the state. But yeah, I was thinking like our ancestors knew that this shit was violent, right? Like, this country came to be through rape, through genocide, through the land theft, right? Through the theft of bodies, the theft of people's psychological... I don't mean, like... The way that you can't even really escape white supremacy and anti-blackness in your own thoughts, in your own body, right? Like, so much so that my heart beats faster because I'm a black woman. You know, mm-hmm. I got higher blood pressure because I'm like right um and the years that are taken off of my life are then handed to a white person that's not coincidental right that it happened through childhood enslavement and so what else but this kind of shaking is going to really bring us or empower us to see like hey this is this is actually something that's not going to work for us right we see the limits of representation Mm. right we have we have Roe v. Wade 
being dismantled as we have a black woman entering into the Supreme Court, right? So mm. it's like this kind of like, okay, we gave y'all what you wanted, but also mm-hmm. we're about to snatch this shit away from you. Um, and we have Roe v. Wade dismantling as we have the other black Supreme Court justice helping plan a quote-unquote coup of the government, you know? Um, <laughs> which... That was also not surprising to find out either. So, yeah, I I wonder, for those of us who are particularly invested in Black liberation, right, what is it going to take for us to give up on the U.S. and build communities? Um, And then also to think about, like, because I've been seeing the meme, like, oh, you can't ban abortion, you can only ban safe abortion, And I think that also highlights how we have relied so much, given so much of our power to the medical industrial complex. Mm. Um, Yes, for for some women who have to have late term um, abortions, right? It is safest to do it in a place where it's sterilized and et cetera, et cetera. But for birthing people who are early on, right, there are things that you can do um, that aren't abortion pills, that aren't surgical procedures that will allow for you to pass an embryo. Um, And so I think getting in touch with those indigenous technologies Mm. is something that people can do um, that might make folks feel less anxious in this moment, right? To say, oh, wait, this is my body, right? I do have sovereignty. I don't have to say just because the state wants to have sovereignty over me that I can just like give it, right? Like I can reclaim some of that um so i don't know if this it really helped me i don't know if it helps y'all but it really helped me to kind of loosen my anxiety around the situation and then if you got money to give give i I think in that instance there are those options of course i think one of the things that people fear is being criminalized Mm -hmm. for taking those kinds of actions which this dismantling of Roe v. Wade also opens mm-hmm. the door to. So yeah. if you do pass an embryo, they decide that that was illegal, they can go after you. They can go after the person who supplied those things, um, supplied the herbs or supplied the medication or whatever the case may be. And I think people are rightly concerned about that and then of course you hear about the way that the other the other ways that this loss of like privacy law can can impact us i've been hearing about the way technology can now continue to be used against us for folks oh yeah for folks who have periods using the period apps the way that that can also then delete your period app definitely i'm deleting flow (laughs) and i just canceled my subscription Um, delete it the way that can be used to track you along with you know the location data from your phone so i really i really hope that this is another in addition to the many wake-up calls that we've been having over the last few years about how we use our phones how we use technology um to to step back from from those things um, yeah. particularly when it comes to it, like questions of privacy, which I think we've kind of lost 
we really lost like a frame of reference for what is private and and um like what should just be for us and what goes on our phone and what goes on the internet and all of those kinds of things and yeah it's very yeah. it's very worrying but i think one of one of the other kind of like one of the things that of course we've been seeing is like oh my god the handmaid's tale it's coming true this is Gilead. This is Gilead. First of all, I was I've been saying that for a long time. I've been saying <laughs> Gilead escape plan, but Sight, also like as me. you all didn't see, Brendan rolled her eyes. What I the way I was saying it was also a suggested eye roll, <laughs> because first of all, when Margaret, I've read I've read The Handmaid's Tale, and when she was writing it, she said, "I'm not going to include anything that hasn't already happened." So everything in that book has already happened somewhere in the world, somewhere in the United States, in history. This is not, it was not her being being prescient. It was actually mm-hmm. her retelling with white people what had already happened to people of color, to black people and indigenous people. Um, And so the only, again, this comes back to this whole thing, like the only way that white people can ever really like empathize is if it's other white people, if things are being experienced Mm -hmm. by other white people. But if you're taken aback, if you're taken aback by The Handmaid's Tale, then, you know, they will, they will be incredibly shocked when they read Octavia Butler. They will be shaken. Shaken. But, but what I what I find interesting Shaking and I think time. relates to what you were saying is that everybody everyone talks about like, oh my gosh, all of the things that the state was doing, that the that the you know, illegitimate government that Gilead was doing in the handmaid's tale. That's the thing everybody talks about, but nobody really talks about Mayday and the internal networks mm-hmm. in which people were organizing they were continuing to fight against the government they were doing all of this revolutionary shit and nobody's like that's what we need to do they're just like how can we avoid becoming gilead <laughs> right and uh, the thing is is that it was inevitable right i think from the moment mm. that you free a population of people that built the wealth of your country, right? There's going to be, it's going to be like a backlash, right? So, um, yeah, I, I didn't, when you were talking about the privacy and the concerns, the rightful concerns, I do think that one of the blessings of the internet has been people have been able to make community outside their homes in ways that were unprecedented. But we have to all consider that we put data online that these companies sell, right? They they sell. Even if they say they're not selling it, they're selling it, right? Um, and if you choose to terminate a pregnancy, I think from this point forward, um, you really have to be thoughtful about who you tell this information because, because right, of those concerns of mm-hmm. well, what if, what if, what if, what if. Um, and I like to think that like my ancestors, um, had networks of support, like networks of, you know, those whisper networks. And then 
Maybe, you know, you have your doula in the community who has a pack that's like, you know, if you if you're under my services, right, you will not tell somebody what this is, right? Hopefully there'll be doctors that will be like, you know, yeah, we perform this procedure, but I'm gonna code it as a physical mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So that it doesn't flag, get flagged by your insurance company, things like that. Um, I think people have to consider what it means to move outside of the kind of parameters of legality because mm-hmm. uh, what does the law do for us, right? Like, it was illegal to run away from the plantation. <laughs> yeah, that's um, actually what you tweeted. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, <laughs> did we forget that, right? Like, it was not legal to free yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have to really take that to heart, right? That there there are risks to being free that I think no, that people don't really talk about because we kind of sell, we think that, you know... Um, what is it called? Emancipation just kind of happens. It's granted to you. Someone, mm. someone in power that benefited from your oppression has a change of heart, and now you're free because, you know, some weird Christian, you know, Jesus came to your heart, changed your life thing, whatever. <laughs> and the reality of the matter is that's not that's not at all how it works. And so, um, I think as a black person. Who wants to have a child or two in the future? Like, I have to think about what am I willing to sacrifice to to have the kind of future that I want to have. Um, and every day, I I have to think about that. So, we have to think about that. Like, what are we willing to give so that we don't continue to live in this state of fear all the fucking time? Like, mm-hmm. I'm paying taxes to be scared. I I just <laughs> think it's a scam. Like. It's a scam. I'm paying taxes to be scared. Don't even get I'm paying taxes to fund. If anyone taxes. knows a good tax or accountant who <laughs> <laughs> so will do my need, complicated tax taxes, please we need, send, we us, send us a send us a DM. I really need paying taxes to, my taxes to be terrorized. Paying <laughs> someone so they could be terrorized with my taxes. big facts honestly it really pisses me off that i have to pay taxes in america because i'm like what am i even getting for this what do taxes really pay for i guess war and police war and police wait two cents of it goes to the local schools i'm not i'm not getting health (laughs) care i'm not getting any social security I'm not gonna get any retirement. Like there's there's no pension coming for me. So what exactly are my taxes going towards? I do not know. And every time I have to pay them, it ticks me off extremely. Me too. Me like, too. Don't I don't mind paying my taxes in Canada, of course. I'm like, this is this is great. I support people having other kinds of pu- public benefits, quote unquote, on my dime. <laughs> no i'm kidding i don't actually believe that it's on my dime no i absolutely support people having like access to social services public benefits all of those kinds of things if that's what my taxes a portion of my taxes are going towards i think that's great is that really happening in america Mm -mm. no so i mean i guess there's medicare medicaid and food stamps but they keep shrinking it all of those things are just yeah Mm. anyways they keep shrinking it and i think 
I don't know. I have lots of lots of thoughts, <laughs> lots of theories, lots of, you know, here's my conspiracy theory about what the hell is going on. But as you said, right, I, I'll just put it like this. The left, if you consider yourself to be part of the left, we have been out-organized. Mm-hmm. We've been out-organized. Um, the evangelical Christians, the conservative right, who may or may not be evangelical Christians, but do believe in a sort of um, manifest destiny of the mm. in the U.S. sense, right, have have no intentions of playing with your life, and yet here we are. Mm. People are like, well, maybe if we just vote, maybe if we just send <laughs> some money to the Democratic Party, maybe if we just send some money to our favorite nonprofits, then, you know, we'll be able to change things. And it's like we are working with an enemy who will definitely sacrifice you. Mm. Um, so. And you, you know what? You know what partly, in part, messed us up? Integration. The left. <laughs> <laughs> the left. And the center being conflated. The conf- the, the center mm-hmm. started taking up our language, our terms. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, they must be one of us. But then you end up with Mr. Joe Biden. Robin Hood. Talks the talk, but absolutely does not walk the walk. Yo, and then only talks to talk sometimes, like out the side of his neck, like, yeah. And then you catch him, the mic's still on, he don't know, and it's like, uh. So, we that, so about- the thing is, like, we thought, <laughs> or people thought, because it wasn't we, because I don't vote in this country, but people thought that our numbers were bigger than they actually were, for one, and two, you have these like centrists. Saying, oh, but they mean well. It's going to be fine. Meanwhile, it's you've got what you're saying. People on the other side who are willing to sacrifice us, our lives, our well-being. We really, we, I don't, know if, like I don't know if I'm to... part of this we. <laughs> no, I'm just like, it's like coming <laughs> to... Um... What do you call it? Coming to a gun battle with Pepsi. You know, I... Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, girl, what is you doing? That's not going to stop a bullet. Uh, If anything, the caffeine is going to help them shoot you better. Like, I... (laughs) It really perplexes me. um, When I see black people in particular... And I know it comes from a place of, of fear and it comes from like a, a place of real ancestral trauma of just like, well, um, we do what we got to do to survive. And as, I don't know, I guess maybe because I'm, I'm not scared of death either. So I, I'm like, I would rather die than be enslaved. That's how mm. I feel. Uh, and I always tell my, you know, my friends, like, that's my plan. Like if shit if it's looking doomsday, if it's looking Sharknado, if it's looking zombies are here, if it's looking I got to, honestly, truly, if it's looking like I got to live in the woods to survive, just go ahead and let me go. I'm, mm. let me go. 
Um, I will try again. I will reincarnate, hopefully on another <laughs> planet, and try again there. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, I'd be I, like you. My mom says the same thing. She's, <laughs> she's not afraid to die, but I'm like, I, I got to know. I want to know what's happening. I got to know what's going on. Look, I don't know. I don't, I don't know from the other end. room. <laughs> I don't know from the other room. Huh? Look, light a candle. I got, I got on, to get like on your dresser for I me. Am, <laughs> I am too afraid to die. Um, I think I would rather. I would rather suffer just to see what's happening. Is that does that have anything to do with my chart? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I feel like. I mean, I feel like just. Being nosy, it's just like I just want to see what's up. That's just <laughs> me. I'm that sounds Hollywood. very maladaptive in um in the future that is coming. Considering <laughs> I am very well aware that that the end is nigh, and I've been saying this. <laughs> I know. Um, but if you're like, wait, I thought you, I thought you said that you didn't have anything else to say on this topic, and, but we don't know what you said in the first place. You can go to season one, episode six. It's called Deathcraft Country, and in that episode we read racism birth control and reproductive rights by angela davis Mm -hmm. and when it comes to this ugly future that we have in store uh you can check out season two episode five the emancipation of zd black feminist futurity and in that episode we read parable of the sower by octavia butler with the wonderful wonderful wonderful. co-hosts of the lose your sister podcast so what else what else what has else? has been trending <laughs> kevin samuels kevin samuels so oh lordy guys. okay guys so. and i'm saying guys very intentionally oh dear dear, oh dear. guys because you know i try not to use gender language like that on here but you know I, who did I tell? I, was, I or maybe I just be having conversations with myself because I'm a Gemini. But I was literally like, "Yo, the blessings are in the atmosphere." Very churchy. Blessings are in the atmosphere. You gotta when, reach up and grab the, it. When the praise goes up, the blessings come blessings down. Is come that what down? it is? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because trust me, everybody was like, "Is this a joke? Is this real? Did it happen? It did." The high value king, Kevin Samuels. Our great value, Walmart great value man. Um, okay. Is dead. And apparently I, his mama is on GoFundMe raising money? For his apparently family. that's not true, according to the oh. family's lawyer. Apparently that's oh. not true. She's not authorized it. Any articles about his net worth are false. Are blah, false? Blah, blah, oh, blah. dang. So. I was I was excited about that. <laughs> oh. Dang. Anyways, if you all are wondering why are we rejoicing about somebody's death. Not that I'm rejoicing. I am. <laughs> I know. I texted you. I was like, Hallelujah. let me tell y'all. I was, I was on Twitter. Was it Thursday night that this all came out? Either Wednesday night or Thursday night or Thursday afternoon. And I was like, yo, Brendan, I think, I think Kevin Samuels died. And you were like, all caps, God is good. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, Beyonce thing was like, I don't think that's true. It's probably fake. And I was just keeping up with the news because, as you all know, I'm nosy. (laughs) So I was just refreshing to see if anybody, if any websites had confirmed it. I was like, 
Kevin Samuels TMZ. Kevin Samuels TMZ. Because <laughs> they're usually the first to confirm. Um, yeah, but somebody on Twitter you did point, before you know you did. Mm. But, well, <laughs> it was more like TMZ don't give a damn about Kevin Samuels. That was kind of the vibe on Twitter. So, Kevin Samuels, for those of you who do not know, was a YouTube high-value man. So if you're like, when have you all talked about that? When have you two talked about that? You can listen to Season 2, Episode 12, Village Villain Origin Story, where we spoke with a newly uh, about the high-value man and divine femininity Twitter stuff. Mm-hmm. So the godfather of that of that youtube network of that world of the manosphere um passed away on thursday there aren't very many confirmed details about how when under what circumstances he passed but let's just say that twitter rejoiced um a lot of a lot of at least my twitter feed rejoiced um because he is misogynoristic or was misogynoristic he was definitely sexist definitely colorist definitely classist (laughs) and just all of the ists that you can imagine his whole thing was role model Yes, his whole thing was (laughs) a high-value woman has to look good and be submissive, and a high-value man has to make a lot of money, and they're allowed to cheat. And any woman over 35 is who is unmarried is a leftover woman. And his whole platform was about degrading black women. Mm -hmm. It was about preying on fears and anxieties about being about not finding love essentially Mm -hmm. because of all of the rhetoric that is spewed online with you know the way that data is used to tell us that we are not lovable um that we are the last picked that we won't be picked and um that we're not valuable. So that was his platform. Now I'm sure that you can see why women were like good riddance. Why Brendan said good God man. is good <laughs> all the time. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was texting people like, y'all know that nigga did. I, I feel like it, to me, I think I tweeted this, like for me, it's more telling, right? That folks don't think quote unquote untimely death is an appropriate consequence for a man who's built years Mm. of a platform years of abusing black women we are so Mm -hmm. okay with black women being abused Mm -hmm. that like even when someone who literally who literally said if you have a child that you are not worth like you're not worth love if you Mm -hmm. have a child right that you're not worth love and like love that you want, right? It's mm-hmm. whatever love some man who may or may not wash his body 
properly wants to give you who may or may not clean his sheets may or may not clean his sheets who wants to give you and the other three women that he just met you know whatever you know it's it's really stunning to me to see just how and I talk about this I guess in my research too right like what death does for black men is it really elevates them to a place where they are honorable even when they have not done an honorable thing Mm-hmm. And I am not one of those people that is like, oh, you know, everybody born is worth celebrating when they die. I don't I don't believe that. Um, you know, there are certain people that I'm sure you would agree with me. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, right, like Adolf Hitler, you know, died. Thank thank goodness. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? Hallelujah to that. What was that other? Strong Thurman. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Um, just, I, I think the whole, you know, like, so we, shouldn't, we shouldn't speak ill of the dead thing. Why not? Why not? Some, some people, some people, some people, you don't Ill. have a good word to say about them. Like this guy, this man died and did not have anybody who wanted to claim his dusty ass, but his mother, which tells and, you so much about one black women and two, a mother's love. Mother's love. But it's usually not to knock some mothers, but mothers enable sons to do bad things. I think, you know, like I think about this man who killed his girlfriend and the police found him at his mama's house. I saw a show and I said, wow, I... I can't imagine being so blinded in quote-unquote love that I would not allow my child to face the consequences of their actions. Mm. Um, Not saying that the police, you know, I'm anti-police, but just saying, like, that's not love. That's not Mm. love. That is something else. Mm. Um, But I think... say that you never really know until you have a child. (laughs) You never really know, but I just feel like... Yeah, I asked I, my friend. I asked my friend. She had a baby recently, and I said, "Is it like what everybody says? You know that you, it's just like this undescribable feeling." And she was just like, "I don't know how to describe it," but she was just like, "All I know is like I would die for my child. Like I would die for her." So period. I, I think love it's that. A, I think it's something that is just. I don't know, but by the time they get to be an adult, I can't imagine it. I would be like, aren't you responsible for your actions now? Yeah. But also you just... But I don't know. You you took a life. I think you need to be held accountable for that in Mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. I think people... This is my longstanding conspiracy theory. (laughs) Y'all might be like, wow, Brendan, you do a lot of thinking. I really do. Um, So the other thing I'd be thinking about is, like, is death in memory. And I think people don't like to speak ill of the dead because they don't want people to speak ill of them when they die. Mm. But the whole catch to that is that you have to be a good person. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be a good person. I can't conquer the world and then be like, well, I just hope y'all remember that I was cute and 5'2", you know, <laughs> and that I had, like, what? No, like, I, I don't think that, I think fear of death keeps people from really like being able to speak the truth about a lot of things and that's that's one of them. Mm. But he he deserves to have his his name 
stomped, spat on. Um, I let's And the comparisons to Martin Luther King Jr. No, I said y'all are going to no. (laughs) I have not. I have (laughs) y'all going to hell. I don't even believe in hell, but y'all going, y'all going, yo. Listen, speaking of hell, this this one guy, the reason I said doesn't clean his sheets is because this guy said he went on Twitter on Elon Musk's internet and mm-hmm. said to the world, I had a one-on-one session for $600 with Kevin Samuels. Wow. And he told me, that I need to wash my sheets more often and spend more time with my son. And I said, the bar is on the floor of hell. Hmm. And this, wow, spent, hmm. And I'm you spent $600 be... for someone to tell you to wash your sheets more regularly and spend more time with your child. Why don't you take that child support? Why don't you take that money and put it towards the arrears that you owe for your child support. Why don't? Why didn't you do that? That would have been a better use of that six hundred dollars. Why? It's so, and I'm sure this man has heard those same pieces of advice from his baby mama, <laughs> the other unfortunate people who are laying on those dirty <laughs> bed sheets. Um. The child probably has said, hey, daddy, can I see you more? Um, But, it, yeah, so, it's also very interesting to me. Like, black men literally can own. On the own, floor of hell. On the floor of hell. And it's so interesting to me that we coddle men so much. Men even coddle each other. Mm. Um, And so it's just like. But you they know, go through so much, Brendan. They're, they do. Their life is just, it's really hard. Yeah, and black men aren't men, according to some gender theorists, and I'm putting air quotes around that. Goodness gracious. They really can't be held to that standard of patriarchy because they're not men. I, And the thing is, like, you can just see that these, that so many of the men who are commenting, they just, they want to be white men. They do. They are so homophobic, transphobic, colorist, all of these things they want to be like the head of the household and blah 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 because that's 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 what that's what white supremacy told them that they should be instead of being like oh maybe maybe things actually work well in this in this situation where women where black women are the heads of household maybe that's how things are supposed to be and instead they fight against it because they're like we just want to be like White men, we wanted to be like the men who took our power away. Right. We want to be able to dominate and hurt you without fear mm-hmm. of retaliation, right? Without fear of harm, that harm being reciprocated. And the gag is, no matter how many people you dominate, no matter how many people you harm, under the the logics of white supremacy and anti-blackness, you will always be proximate to death. Mm. And... I I don't know. It just is it just really enrages me to see people um dishonor the legacy 
of Martin Luther King Jr. Despite how much I disagree with some of the things that mm-hmm. he did and argued for or fought for, right? He does have a, a legacy that is honorable, right? Mm. Um, he was married to a to a black woman, and yes, she was a light skinned black woman, but he was married to a black woman. He has black kids. And some you know, biracial ones. You know, he has he, and some other ones, you know. And to 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 then say that losing um losing Kevin Samuels is paramount to losing Martin Luther King Jr. or Malcolm X. It just really to me shows that um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You might have to like to bleep me out on this one, but I was like, you know what? Honestly, Kevin Samuels in the Samuels in this moment is serving as an exemplar. Like I want you to understand that if you really believe in your heart that like hating black women is how you should live your life, then like an untimely death, an excommunication from community, right? For people to disregard you. I think that should that is the rightful outcome. Let's let's stop making disrespecting black women something that we can re- rehabilitate niggas from. I I mm. really like what if what if we just leave them where they are with that and say okay, well, where are the non-black women who are lining up at your door to be with you? Mhm. <laughs> who are marching with who you are marching and for you? For you. Who are dying with you? Who are paying your you. bills? Who are feeding your son? Who are probably mm. who are probably mm. washing washing your sheets behind your back, <laughs> probably um, helping you wash your clothes, helping I mean, you eat your food. I I think I think it's interesting. You know, you talked about Martin Luther King at least having an honorable legacy, and the 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 legacy that Kevin Samuels has and will leave behind is not a positive one. You know, it's not like when DMX died or when Chadwick Boseman died, you know, people, people were sharing stories. People were coming online and being like, I, I met Chadwick Boseman and, you know, he inspired me or DMX, he did all of this stuff for his community. And yeah, he wasn't perfect, but he did all of these things for his community and he touched my life in some way. None, none of the people who are coming to Kevin Samuel's defense has said something like that. They're not saying he helped me change my life or he helped me get my life together. They're like, he said the things that black women didn't want to hear. So that's the legacy that he's leaving behind. As you were saying, a legacy of abusing, debasing, denigrating black women. Yeah, didn't want to hear it because we hear it everywhere else all the time. Yeah, we didn't want to hear it. Yeah, we someone also could we didn't want to hear, and it's not, it's not because oh, it, it was something that was like hard to hear. It's more just like this shit. This shit isn't true. It's not true, and what's what's new? As Megan says, what's new? Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw someone compare him to Bell Hooks. Oh yeah, people were saying that Bell Hooks. Oh no, someone said. Nobody made, nobody went, black women weren't saying all of this when Bell Hooks died or people weren't coming for Bell Hooks when she died or something like that. And it's like, y'all have never even opened up a book, have you? You've never read Bell Hooks. Bell Hooks is someone who was actually (laughs) 
criti criticized and critiqued for being too nice to black men, for wanting yeah. to rehabilitate black men. Yeah. And y'all are going to try and come for bell hooks because you haven't read a motherfucking thing. All you know is that she's a black feminist and you think that something is wrong with black feminism. Gwe. Yeah. She was about, she was like, white feminism was going to have people out here trying to kill y'all. But let's, let, let me bring y'all back. Actually, we need, we need black men. Um, and who? That's probably who they need to be. That should be like their transition text. <laughs> but From Kevin Samuels to Bell Hooks to Kambahi River Collective. <laughs> <laughs> that would require them to to read. And, you know, I, the statistic is 40% of black American men are functionally illiterate. I so am... when you put one and one together, you get two. <laughs> you get I two. Am... Sorry to hear. <laughs> I, think, I just think that's awful. And I think it has so many broader, broader and deeper implications for mm. the world. But that's enough about... The day. Mr. Samuels. <laughs> Voldemort. Uh, we are going to go to... <laughs> the next thing. We're going to go back to... We're going to go to the next thing, which is the Met Gala. Um, the Gilded Age, which was the theme. Oh, that was the theme. Yes, Gilded Age. The Gilded Age was the theme. And wow. Brendan you... has no idea. <laughs> She's like, I did not pay attention. I, yeah, I was like... The way I absolutely have no clue. I think I saw, now that I'm like thinking about it even more, I saw Hillary Clinton's thing, Disaster. Mm. Um, apparently, the dress was modeled after Harriet Tubman and something else. Um, oh, no. It had it had Harriet Tubman's name uh, <laughs> stitched into, I think, the collar or something like that. It was embroidered. And I was just like, <laughs> this is another instance. Of the ancestors saying, stop invoking my name. This was one of those situations. Wow. Stop invoking So it was actually so name. much worse than what I thought. <laughs> wow. Really, that's worse wow. than her wearing an outfit inspired by Harriet Tubman. I can't even Because now it's like, be. yeah, you're wearing, you have my likeness on you, my name. Oh, Oh, and then, of course, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but people were talking about how Harriet Tubman used to knock out babies when when they were running away. And everybody assumed that she was, like, punching them out or something when she was actually just using medicinal herbs to make them sleep. <laughs> it's like, of course, of course you would assume that the way that we would be, that a black woman would knock babies out would be to bash them on the head. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Anyways, that was going around. That was trending Yo, a little bit. Wow. On the tweets. On the tweeters. I'm telling you, no child <laughs> left behind left all the children behind. All of them. <laughs> all of them. Because um, it just No, like But you saw some Medicine think, Women. Medicine Women. And right, speaking and of medicine this... women and the African ancestral arts. <laughs> Rada Blank. If y'all don't know who Rada Blank is, you need to get on Netflix and watch her her movie, The 40-Year-Old Version. I saw a part of that. She's, it is so <laughs> funny. There's a scene where she's rapping and she's like, my knees are writing checks that my back can't cash. And I was with me and fiance thing. We were like, ah, 
we know that exact feeling. We know what you're talking about. <laughs> but her outfit, um, it was inspired by uh, African pra- African um, practitioners of ancestral arts. That's what she called it. She had her fingertips dyed blue, like, you know, like, like the indigo um, mm. of that era. She was carrying a machete. She had her hair wrapped up. And I was just like, I okay, I see you because that is where we'd be at in those years. I believe the Gilded Age was 1870 to 1900. Mm. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I would have gone there dressed like a slave. And Devin was like, so how would you make that high fashion? And I was like, no, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It would be a protest. And then I would never be invited again. (laughs) And he was like, but you you saw what happened when like AOC tried to do that kind of protest outfit. And I was like, her outfit was Versace. It was like, she deserved to be roasted for that just because she put eat the rich on a $20,000 dress. Like she deserved to be roasted for that. We're going to roast you in a dress. I, I, want, I want it to be historically accurate. Okay. Not high fashion. Not that I was ever invited to the Met Gala or ever would be. But if I did that, I would never be invited again. Because mm. white people don't like to be reminded of their past and present. I'll tell you that much. Unless, you know, unless it was the emancipation part. Yeah, I actually I'm I watch this show called The Repair Shop. That's what I do with my time. Um, and it's like set in Britain, England, one of, one of them, and they have all these family heirlooms from like the 1800s, the 1700s, the First World War, and they're like, this is over 200 years old. Can you restore this broken belt or this like? table and then you see them when they get it restored crying because they're like there's so much family history in this and I'm like yo this was around when people were enslaved and it's just so interesting to see mm. see um <laughs> European people just so attached <laughs> to that history um but yeah no they there's a particular kind of history that they love mm-hmm. right like that I think you showing up dressed as a slave would high fashion slave would be oh. no, it wouldn't be high fashion. That's what I'm saying. No, I know that was it my wouldn't joke. Be high my fashion. Little, my little spin on it. High fashion slave. Which is just, I don't know. Maybe that's completely inappropriate, but because um, <laughs> because um, AOC didn't get roasted for going to the Met Gala necessarily. It was because she tried to do this mm. protest thing. Well, actually, I guess it was because she went. Because I think it cost like $15,000 just to attend or something like that. It's not free? No. It's a it's a fundraiser. So oh. you have to pay for a plate. I think it's it's a gala. So you pay for a plate, essentially, oh or you, you pay for a table. And it's quite expensive. But you also have to be invited. It's like, it's a whole thing. So. Wow. I'm over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back to my little... My little South Carolina. I'm like, what? <laughs> you have to pay, and then I gotta wear expensive outfits. Well, mm. Mm. I mean, I, usually um, the outfits are are donated. I mean, then surely you heard about the whole Kim Kardashian thing, and her wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress. Wow, you I really saw, don't have the whites on your timeline. No, at all. <laughs> I I saw a picture of the family. And all of them looked like they were going to a different event. 
And <laughs> I was like, where, what's happening? And all the outfits looked bad. But I didn't know that Kim K had on Marilyn Monroe's dress. Yes. So she, apparently she crash dieted for three weeks. Um, oh, okay. I did hear people talking about Because that. she couldn't fit into the dress initially. She still couldn't fit into the dress, so they weren't able to actually zip it all the way up. She dyed her hair platinum blonde and just all of these unhealthy things. I'm just... Why didn't yeah. she just wear a wig? I, I don't know. I don't know, but my... Wow. I just... Yeah, people are, and people, the thing is, people act like it's normal. They're like, oh, yeah, she crash dieted to lose 15 pounds in three weeks. That's great. And then still didn't even. Yeah. Well, that's, that's besides I the mean, point, whether she fit into the dress or not. I think it's just, you know, promoting these kinds of like unhealthy habits. And mm-hmm. I've just, I've been talking about this it. with one of my friends about like us not wanting to set this example for our our niece, not our real niece, but like our play niece, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> my goddaughter that like, it's normal for you to constantly be trying to change your body. Mm. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, that's it's so, just fucked up. Yeah. I mean, Beyonce, didn't Beyonce have to do one of those crash diets to be in Dream Girls too? There was like yeah. Whole, she, she did the, um, the whole thing. The lemonade. The master cleanse. The lemonade diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like lemon. No, no, it water. was lemon, maple syrup, and cayenne. I think. I yeah. Think it was all she was drinking, something like that. The lemonade diet. Then um, there was, of course, Blake Lively. Mm-hmm. I think she. People said that she had the best dress of the gala. She. Um, it was basically inspired by the Statue of Liberty. So when she went up there, she her dress was bronze, and then on the red carpet, it kind of got flipped. And then it had the, the that like green patina instead. So it was kind of like the way that the um, the Statue of Liberty has been hmm. uh, has degraded. And people are like, wow, so impressive that she was able to pay this much attention to detail with her dress, but not for where she got married, which was on a plantation. Yikes. So, and I'm going okay. to... Ooh, okay, this is really going to make me look. So Blake Lively. <laughs> You're like, who is this? I am. Um, Gossip Girl? Is that? Uh, yes, Gossip yes, she was in Gossip Girl. Girl. The funny thing is, is I don't associate her with that. I associate her with Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. But yes, wow. you are correct. She is. You know, and honestly, I've never Girl. seen an episode of Gossip Girl, but... For some reason, I'm like Blake Lively sounds like a Gossip Girl name. So the the blonde the blonde one. Yes, I, there was a period for people judge me. Okay, I was a period of time in my life where I was was I went to seminary at 12 years old. I studied the Bible for two years. I was the youngest minister in my church for a minute. I did not listen to anything besides white Christian music. That is why and you preach the way you do about 90s R and B when I could sneak it in. <laughs> so I don't know. There's like a period of the two thousands where I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Hang on, um, you were twelve when uh, Gossip Girl was out. God, I feel old. Um, when did they come out? I was I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I know um, I was in high I was twelve school. in like two thousand five. I was in high school, so Yeah. 
I was in middle school. Oh, you're younger than <laughs> I was, in, I was like one of those annoying people that would be like, do you know Jesus? <laughs> people would be like, do you know Blake Lively? And you'd be like, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? I have these cool pamphlets for you to learn more. Oh, little Jesus. That yeah. is so cute. Is that why you're into cults and stuff now? Possibly. Possibly. I think the cult stuff helps me understand my childhood a lot more. I think mm. the church I was in operated a lot like a cult. In particular, how they treated me, especially. Mm. Um, and like how I was demonized, literally. And that's giving very much cult behavior. Um, but you know, freedom, freedom, mm. freedom, freedom. Well, if you all are into cult stuff, you can DM us for Rex because we definitely have some for you. I know. Deadly <laughs> Devotion on Discovery Plus. Oh, thank you. Adding it's that one to the list. Deadly Devotion. It's I not watched just... every documentary about Nexium, the sex cult. Ooh. I need to watch more about that one because the fact that celebrities were recruiting people. But I mean, it's basically Scientology. I haven't watched that yet, actually. The Leah Romini Mm. Scientology one. I haven't quite quite gotten there. Deadly Devotion. The thing I'm watching right now is The Staircase. I'm watching that again. And I've watched both of the series on The Staircase, which is not a cult thing, but I'm into it. I started watching Tokyo Vice last night on HBO Max. Very good. And I'm just kidding, professors. I'm doing my field work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. But no, anyways, to, <laughs> to wrap up the Met Gala stuff, um, again, we've talked about these kinds of things before. Um, AOC wearing a very expensive dress at a very expensive event that then said, eat the rich is kind of hypocrisy so Mm. uh you can check out our aesthetics episode uh which was the beginning of this season episode one called liberation don't cost a thing and then re the plantation fugitivity and all of that you can check out fleeing the plantation which was season two episode four uh in which we are joined by the wonderful graduate student and educator Naomi Simmons Thorne to talk about her essay that I cannot remember the title of but was dope as hell that's all that matters it was really good. it's on the it's on the website it'll be linked in the show notes and of course it's on the syllabus which is on the website <laughs> yes like what will we talk about in season three I know y'all I this know. is um actually going to be our last live episode of the season we have one more episode coming out for you uh which is going to be a slightly condensed version of the amazing roundtable that we did last week oh my gosh with Heart professors so autumn womack Rishay daniel barnes who we had on the podcast kevin kwashi and of course the wonderful vocalist and composer candace hoys so you all will get a little taste of that and then we will have the video up as soon as I was going to say humanly possible, but actually it's more like as soon as Alyssa Lee possible. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe at some point, um, Marina, you know, we, we are so excited to, I guess, semi sign off, semi 
get to our summers, get to other things. And we just want to say that we love all of you. And thank you so much for listening, for riding with us. Yes. Wow. Riding, rocking, all of it. Rocking. And then you <laughs> sat through us talking for over an hour <laughs> on this one. Um, but this is like an begs basically an unstructured conversation between me and Alyssa. Like this is basically what we sound like when we're just talking to each other about things. Yeah. So. It's basically how um, we sound before and after every single episode that we record. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um but it's just, it's been such a pleasure and an honor. And so I just don't want y'all to think we take it lightly because we don't at all. Um, yes. Yeah. And we just, we just hope that this was, this was just a space for you to listen and feel like you were a part of a conversation with the two of us and not feel like oh, I got to go read about what's going on in the world and I've got to learn this new term and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Sometimes it's okay to just, discuss and hang out you know it's it's not Mm -hmm. always about intellectualizing although I mean Brendan just does that naturally because she's brilliant and always thinking but oh that's so sweet I think I do it because (laughs) literally there you know the the Gemini there's all these things in my brain I'm like but what about this what about that (laughs) um yeah I guess this episode last thing I'm gonna be like it's just you know Please lead a life in which people will not rejoice when you die. And not re- mm. not rejoicing like, woo, we're celebrating. But like, woo, we celebrating. Thank God you are gone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that is the life that... Yes, you, you want them to rejoice about your life, not rejoice about your death. That's the key. <laughs> right. Um, and however you can do that, do that. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is our episode, everyone. Thank you all for listening. This episode was produced by Alyssa James and Brendan Tynes and distributed in partnership with the American Anthropological Association. This season of the podcast is generously funded by a grant from the Arts and Science Graduate Council and donations and, of course, Patreon support from listeners just like you. Thank you all for all of that support. We would not be here without it. And so if you like this episode, please, por favor, leave a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we would love to hear what you have to say about this episode. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Zora's Daughters and Twitter at Zora's underscore daughters. And for transcripts, syllabi, and information on how to cite us or to become a patron, please visit our website, zorasdaughters.com. Yes, that is it. Of course, of course. Be kind to yourselves. Bye. Bye. Toodle Ta ta. Goodbye. Farewell. That's all I got. I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that. Farewell. Abirazi. Oh no, that's not even a word. <laughs>